Hello, everyone. Welcome to Narcissism Recovery Podcast. My name is Yetz Epstein. I am your host. I am a narcissistic abuse life coach. We have an extremely exciting show for you today. I'm going by Shay Robottom. Shay Robottom is a narcissistic abuse survivor, a former patient, and a marketing superstar. Uh, Shay has worked with hundreds of companies, helping scale them to great success with her company, Shay Robottom Marketing. I myself have benefited from her work. She has a boot camp, which I have thoroughly enjoyed and learned so much from, where she teaches you how to become a marketing superstar on LinkedIn. Shay, thank you so much for joining me on today's show. I'm so grateful that you are here. Absolutely. It's, it's my honor. I love your show. I've been a huge fan ever since I discovered it. I am doing great. So glad to be here. Sure. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for uh, for joining me. Obviously, you've, you've been through narcissistic abuse and you're aware intimately of its uh, horrific uh, ex- experience that it is and the damages. So if you can talk a little bit about your healing journey uh, from past abuse and, and your struggle growing up uh, having a narcissistic family. Yes, absolutely. So growing up, I did not know I had a narcissistic family, <laughs> just like every child. You know, I, I, I had no idea what was going on. It was my reality of normal. Uh, it wasn't until I got older. I would say it started in my teen years, you know, once I started to really be able to think for myself, um, that I realized something was, was deeply wrong with my family and deeply disturbed. Um, and specifically with my mother, the relationship I had with my mother was a very turbulent, just like a lot of, you know, teenage girls and mothers uh, relationships tend to be. But um, I took it a step further, you know, I took it upon myself to look outside of my family for answers. And um, I ended up stumbling across a book many, many years ago. It was called Mothers Who Can't Love by Susan Forward. And it it was all about the narcissistic parenting model. Specifically, she dealt with uh, mothers and daughters and how that can, can become very narcissistic and very toxic, where essentially the mother is living through the child, um, is, you know, trying to control the, the child's every move. And, um, it was like, when I found that book, I had answers. I was like, oh my gosh, this is exactly what's going on with my mom. Um, and then I learned, you know, it was the same with her mom and, and her mom never loved her and like, you know, was narcissistically abusive to her. And that was really the start of giving myself permission to cut the ties with my family. You know, and nobody likes to cut out family. It's not fun. We all want that perfect, picket white fence life where everyone gets along. But the reality is that's really not the case in in most families, I would argue, actually. It's not the case. And oftentimes the best thing that you can do personally for your own growth and for raising your own vibration is to get out of low vibration relationships. But people tend to have a blind spot for their own family when it comes to um, them being toxic and them being of a very low vibration. So I'm very fortunate that I uh, did start to set a lot of boundaries early on in my life. I'm, I'm 27 now. I don't have a relationship with uh, really anyone in my family and I prefer that. But you know, I started to cut the ties early on after high school, slowly but surely figuring things out. Um, and uh, I, it still was quite the journey. You know, I, I was pretty blind to my attraction to narcissistic men because <laughs> then there was the whole thing with my father uh, where he was also very, very narcissistically abusive. I actually think he was a borderline, you know, like a psychopath. And I kept attracting men just like him because I was so unconscious of my wounds still. So it was a process. It was like I had started to figure it out. I cut out some family members. But then I kept attracting uh, friendships or business partnerships or boyfriends 
who were also very narcissistic. So um, I would say that, you know, this last relationship I just got out of was the final wake up call for me that I had to make some serious changes in my life. And your show was a huge part of that. When I found your podcast and started listening to it, it really helped steer me in the right direction to finally shed any final toxic relationships I had around me and work toward um, being conscious and addressing my own wounds, attracting people who don't want to uh, use me or you know pretend to treat me well to get something in return for it later, but who are just genuinely good people who want to see me thrive and grow. I really did not have that in at all in my life until recently. And um, for anyone out there listening who's struggling, I just want you to know that it is totally possible to come from darkness and go toward the light. I really did not have much guidance other than myself and the good old fashioned internet, which thank God for <laughs> doing my own research and finding these answers because now I'm very healed and I'm very much able to see through others and tell right away if someone is narcissistically abusive or uh, going to be manipulative and doing what I can to you know, set boundaries and protect myself now. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the amazing things about you, Shay, is that you are very open about your experiences and you're aware of the uh, of the of just the horrific nature of it. And obviously you want to help people uh, identify this in their life to help them heal. Uh, you reached out about six months ago and at the time you were in a relationship with somebody who was narcissistic and um, until that time, your awareness of narcissism was primarily research, but then you started to realize that there is something much bigger going on here. Uh, talk about that the initial stages of, of uh, that shock of realizing, well, you know what, this entire relationship is exploitive, it is narcissistic, I have to absolutely change what is happening uh, in order to uh, change my life around. Yeah, um, that's a great question. <laughs> I don't even know where to start. You know, <laughs> I, I, it's really like, I had a I had a wake up call when I went and did ayahuasca, which I've told you about. You know, I was on my healing journey. I was reading books. I was improving, but it wasn't until I went and did plant medicines with a shaman. You know, in a, in a therapeutic setting, um, I did this ayahuasca, and it it opened the floodgates for me, where I was able to heal way quicker than I'd previously been healing because I started to remember a lot of repressed childhood memories. So as soon as I unlocked those uh, childhood memories and, and the more significant abuse that I was carrying all these years and why I had this toxic programming, I started to look at my partner differently. You know, I started to kind of see him for what he was, whereas before I was dealing with my own abuse, I was just unconscious to all of it. You know, I didn't really know to what extent I had been abused. I didn't really see this man I was with as manipulative or trying to control me. But then... I started to figure it out. It was like, I, and it's so funny, you use these terms all the time about like the energy vampire and sucking the energy. I wasn't even that keen on the narcissistic lingo then. Um, but I literally remember saying to him, like, I feel like you suck my energy. And I was starting to do all of this personal work on myself, really trying to focus on me for once, you know, because the narcissistic relationship is all about them, 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 serving them. So I finally started to turn some of that attention inward on me and it was very clear he didn't like it. You know, I, I was telling him out loud, like, I feel like you suck my energy. I feel like you suck my energy. But I, this is the kicker. I was so, so dependent on him because he was my business partner. And throughout the years, uh, being in business together, you know, um, he had just always dug at me, always, you know, told me, you know, I wasn't good at sales. I wasn't good at writing emails. I wasn't good at like any, any like business situation we were in together. It would just end in like him criticizing me for not being good enough at business, you know? So over the course of years doing business with this man, 
I actually got a lot better at business. I became way more savvy. I understood marketing. I understood sales. I understood employees and how to manage. But I felt less confident as a businesswoman than I did the day I met him many years prior when I had never even had my own business. So I started to kind of put the pieces together, like, wait a minute. Like, I have all this experience now. I've worked with all these big companies. Like, I've done all this marketing. Why do I feel worse about myself as a business person than I did before I met you and I didn't even have a business yet? And I was, like, starting to figure out, like, something's wrong. Like, this is, like, I, I, I got to get, get space, you know. But I was still very codependent and I had so much doubt at this point about my ability to make money on my own that I didn't break up with him. All I did was I, I set a boundary. I said, look, I feel like you suck my energy. I'm doing this healing work on myself now. It's really important that I clear my childhood wounds. I'm going to get my own place, right? Like that was the start. I was like, I just want to get my own place. I'm just going to get my own apartment. Look, we've lived together and worked together on top of each other for years. Let's just get some space, you know? And that was how the breakup happened because this, and this is also what I learned later is like, narcissists will punish you when you start to take care of yourself. So, you know, as like punishment for me starting to take care of myself, set boundaries, say, hey, I'm going to get my own space. I, I, need, I need to be with, within my own energy for a while. Um, he uh, cheated on me and, you know, basically just completely humiliated me in the worst way he could have possibly <laughs> figured out how to, you know, all the classic things like, oh, she's more attractive than you. She's less messed up than you. It was like just trying to hurt me, but I was still very in love with him at that point. I was still you know, um, kind of half foot in, half foot out, not seeing the full truth. But the way that things ended allowed me to finally see him for who he was. And then that was about, you know, six or seven months ago that that breakup occurred. And I got to say, talk about my healing accelerating. Like the ayahuasca was like step one, where I started to accelerate a lot more than I had ever healed in previous years working on myself. The breakup was like another, it was like a massive accelerator because I had this mm -hmm. dead weight that I'd been carrying around for years, like always dragging me down, always dragging me down. Um, and now that the relationship is over, I feel very much like I returned to myself. It was a rough breakup. I was definitely heartbroken for like a few months and whatnot, but I'm just happy. You know, I just, I, I really feel for anyone who's narcissistically abused or in a relationship like that because it is brainwashing. It really is. It is brainwashing. I was completely made to believe that I did not deserve good things, that I was not talented, that I could not be happy, that I couldn't be feminine either. Like I'm way more feminine now. I'm girly. I have girlfriends. That was another thing that he took me away from. Like I really had no friends. Um, and now I'm able to, because I'm not bogged down by that narcissism and that abuse, I'm able to just live freely in my power. You know, I'm able to set boundaries, listen to my gut, know what's right for me. So it was really like the last step, the last like initiation in me clearing all of this, um, energy in me that attracted narcissists because they'll look for people who are weak, people who are insecure, people who are codependent that though I was all of those things like attracts like, right. Um, so now that, now that that's cleared up, I just have to say that I'm really, really grateful for the place that I've gotten myself to. And it's allowed me to really want to help more people, help more people understand why they attract narcissistic partners, why they feel so insecure and codependent and show them like, hey, it's painful, but there is another way, but you got to go through the pain. You have to face the shame and go through it. Um, and on the other side of that is so much freedom. Absolutely. And, and 
you stepping into your power, like you mentioned before, is such an important element of it because uh, when we're abused, when somebody has wounds of childhood specifically, uh, what they do is they don't they don't want to step into their power. Perhaps they're 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 terrified of it. Perhaps they don't even know they have power. Uh, it's been robbed from them uh, from day one. Uh, so a, a large portion of the healing is stepping into your power, taking back your uh, your sense of self, and setting a boundary. And that's going to upset people who have been until that point. Uh, exploiting and taking advantage of those uh, those boundaries, and you know, Shay, as a marketer, as somebody who owns your own business, uh, who's very familiar with this industry. Obviously, I'm not a marketer. I have spent some time uh, learning about social media and marketing. From your experiences uh, with dealing with many individuals in this industry, uh, what it, it seems to be not narcissistic entirely but there are there certainly are elements of it that are narcissistic it almost feels that if you are narcissistic then you are you have a leg up uh, the lack of empathy will allow you to kind of cut corners and, and cut throats so from what are, what are your experiences uh from somebody who is no, understands uh, narcissism and understands the devastating effects what are your experiences with with and how that translates over into the uh, marketing industry yeah that's a great question you know Marketing is its own ball game with the, with the narcissism. I would say just business in general, there's a lot of narcissism because the more you as a CEO can lack empathy, you know, the more that you can gain profit wise in the current business climate that we tend to condone and support, you know, this is why we see, and I know you and I have talked offline about narcissism on a mass level in society, but this is why we see that the food system is poisoned. You know, this is why Flint, Michigan does not have water. Like literally every single uh, thing in our culture that seems unfair, unjust, and like we are just on a wide scale lacking empathy for the mass population, it is narcissism. It comes from some person in power at the tippy top of the pyramid, whether it's the government, whether it's the corporation, the banks, it's them believing because the, the ultimate truth is, you know, love always wins. So it's actually not true, but it's them believing that in order for them to thrive and for in order for them to have abundance, other people need to suffer. You know, other people right. need to be scarce. That's that's not true at all. And I think we're moving into this age where people are waking up to that. Like, hey, you having food on your plate doesn't take away from me having food on my plate and we can all win. You know, we have enough technology and resources on the planet now that we can all thrive and at the very least have our basic human needs met. The, the problem is there's so many narcissists running the planet. There's so many right. narcissists in the government, you know, like with this old school model of the way to get ahead is to plow over everyone. And I don't blame them a lot of times because it's kind of like, if you can't beat them, join them. So if you see your competitors lacking empathy and getting ahead in terms of, you know, profits and stealing your competition, it's going to be very tempting. Even if you yourself are naturally not as narcissistic, it's going to become very tempting to join that darkness and, and join that dark side uh, in the name of profits and in the name of getting ahead in business. So yeah, I mean, I have worked with a number of very narcissistic businessmen. I had a lot of narcissistic business partners in my past. Um, it is uh, a dark energy that is addictive. I will say these people just don't know any better. A lot of them were abused as children. They never even really developed the ability to feel empathy. And then they, they started the business world and kind of realized like, oh, wow, I have a leg up on everyone. In terms of marketing, you know, we can talk about narcissism and social media in the sense that um, there's a lot of vanity online and there's a lot of people saying, you know, look at me, look at me and <laughs> bikini pics and, and all this and that, you know, 
I don't necessarily always define that as narcissism. And I see a big misunderstanding, and I know you know this, where people hear the word narcissism, and they just think like, oh, someone who's full of themselves and wants attention. That's actually not necessarily true. You know, like you can be a performer on social media and be good at getting attention and still have empathy as a person and be very um, kind and, and good hearted. But they're correct in that there is a strong correlation with narcissists. You know, it's all about them. Uh, some of them do just selfishly want attention, want to plow over everyone. And so I've talked very openly on my own blog about my own struggles with narcissism. And um, well, I, d I definitely identify more with being an empath. Like I don't really believe that I can shut off empathy in the way that a narcissist can, but just being narcissistically wounded in the sense that I needed a lot of external validation to feel okay about myself before I did my healing work, right? That's why I attracted a narcissistic man so that he could approve of me. Um, and I do talk very openly on my page about how I feel that that drove me forward in marketing because anytime that I would get a post out that I created with my face on it and would get a lot of likes and a lot of views, I would, I would get like a, a supply from that. I would get like a charge from it. And that was all part of my healing as well to realize like, wow, you know, uh, I really need to address these things. If I have a post one day and it flops and then I have a worse day because my post on my blog didn't perform as well. Now my mood is diminished and my day is somewhat ruined. Like that's not healthy. You know, that, that, that definitely comes from being narcissistically wounded. So to sum up, I would just say in general, there is a huge uh, epidemic of narcissism in the business world. People get rewarded for it oftentimes. I do believe it's shifting. I do believe the collective is waking up. We're starting to uh, reward and honor those um, in positions of power who are empathetic, who do uh, things in the name of healing everyone, helping everyone, not just profits and, and hurting uh, a large group of people so a small group of people can profit. I do believe that's shifting. Um, and I also want people to be mindful of, you know, when you say, oh, social media is narcissism and anyone on social media getting a lot of attention and posting pics, it doesn't necessarily mean they're a narcissist. You know, they could just be uh, passionate about performing, passionate about making videos. Maybe they're a model, you know, that just because someone is a model and is in the line of work that appears to be narcissistic, like, look at me, look at me, it doesn't actually mean that they lack empathy. And on the flip side, there's narcissists who are full-blown lack empathy you know, can, can feel nothing for anyone and they don't like attention and they're relatively introverted as well. So just keep that in mind. Yeah, that's a great point because uh, narcissism, I think to most people means someone who's extremely arrogant and self-centered and you would know them, but most of them you don't really understand because the way they operate is, 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 is sometimes, like you said, uh, they're, they're, uh, they're quiet, they're, uh, they're introverts and the, the way they, they operate is, is very almost shadowy behind the scenes. And, um, so, so Shay, as someone who's again been exposed to such horrific nature and, and such abuse, I just want to say that it's 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 incredible how you've been able to face this journey, face these wounds, and just shift. I mean, you've applied all your lessons to your business success, and it's led you to incredible heights. Uh, so, so as someone who's who's been down this road and you understand the nuances, what what do you tell somebody who is? who's in that darkness? What would you tell somebody who's at the beginning stages of, of your journey uh, to give them hope, to give them courage, to kind of light up the way? Because a lot of people, uh, from from what I'm seeing and from what I'm, I'm starting, I'm learning, uh, don't really understand uh, how to get out of a situation. Once they get out of it, what would be waiting for them on the other side? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, I always tell people, hit rock bottom. <laughs> like, I know that sounds crazy, but like hit rock bottom. Like if you feel, if you really feel like, um, 
for example, you know, like I'm a, um, addicted to smoking weed and I like, I can't stop smoking weed. And you're like in this half in half out place with it. Like, look, I really want to keep smoking weed, but I know I should stop. Okay. I'm just going to, you know, smoke one bowl today and not do this and that. It's like, just smoke as much weed as you possibly can. No, I'm serious. Like just smoke until you're blue in the face. I want you to smoke so much weed so that you get to a breaking point where you're like, rock bottom. Like, okay, I'm here now. I see that a lot of people, and this is true for myself. I didn't really heal until I hit rock bottom. You know, when I, um, I actually got demoted from my first company that I founded. I haven't shared that with my LinkedIn yet, but I was demoted by my investors and it was a company that I founded and I was, um, being treated just, um, very poorly that I started to kind of wake up and realize these men that I was in business with were, narcissistic, not seeing my value. It triggered all of my childhood wounds. I didn't even realize what it was triggering at the time because I'd still repressed a lot of it. But it was really that moment of hitting rock bottom and feeling like I had worked for years to build up this company only to have it like pulled from the rug under me that I was like, yeah, I want to kill myself. I really did. I wanted to kill myself. And then I decided to go do ayahuasca, which again is a really scary thing for a lot of people that a lot of people wouldn't even consider because oh it's drugs and what's gonna you know what am I gonna see what's what's gonna people don't like to feel out of control right and that's right. all what plant medicines are you have to surrender to them you have to you have to give in to whatever these medicines are trying to show you. I truly think hitting rock bottom I was no longer scared of trying ayahuasca. Like I had heard of it. I had known like heroin addicts who had like you know cured their addiction from it. I knew it was powerful. I knew I knew it was impactful, but I was terrified to try it myself until I hit rock bottom with my wounds. Until I was like, okay, I did all of this work, all of those years working for those investors and working with these partners, kind of knowing, kind of having one foot in and one foot out of like, should I leave? Something feels off. No, but I'm, I'm, I'm too dependent here. I can't do this on my own. I have to stay. The one foot in, one foot out never really got me anywhere. It wasn't until they pulled the plug and said, you're done, Shay, that I hit rock bottom. I really did want to end my life. And then all of a sudden, ayahuasca was like, no big deal for me. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go do it. Like if I'm going to die anyways, let's go get blasted by some ayahuasca and see what's up. So I was in complete surrender to the medicine. And because I was in complete surrender to it, I was able to finally remember what had happened to me as a child, things that I had repressed and then um, start to dismantle it. So I would say for anyone listening, if you're at that place of, you know, I'm, I'm sad, I'm hitting my breaking point, like you have got to be brave. You have just got to try something so uncomfortable and out of the ordinary. Like I know it's painful, but on the other side of that pain is so much freedom. So it might feel like things are getting worse for a little while as you take the bold move to leave your partner or go try a new modality or cut out your family. It will feel more painful in the beginning but just as I said, with my breakup seven months ago, like, oh gosh, I have never in my life been happier. I mean, I am just attracting so much goodness. I am loving myself. I am learning the true meaning of love for the first time in my life. And um, it would not have happened if I wasn't brave and stepped into all of those things that I just mentioned. So hit rock bottom, you know, just just keep keep going until you cannot possibly go anymore. And that's often the turning point for many people. Yeah, absolutely. And in the uh, mind map therapy system, which uh, obviously Shay, you took advantage of and, and many patients do, uh, we call that breakdown, breakthrough. And, and what that is basically is, is that in order to break through out of a, 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 a certain mental uh, thought process, a certain paradigm, a certain 
uh, shift in consciousness. You have to realize that the, that the way you're thinking, the way you're operating, it's not working. Uh, you know, and what I'm seeing a lot of, of it with this, with this, uh, you know, obviously tragic virus going on is, is that what's happening is, is that it's not just the, uh, it, is that the system in and of itself, uh, people are, are starting to stop and pause and be like, hey, wait a minute, uh, what, what's going on here? This is not working. And, and that's where I'm seeing a, a huge shift in this in society. Um, and really what it is, I believe it's the ability for people to, to, uh, to almost reach rock bottom. It almost seems like when we stop running after the drug of choice, when we stop chasing success, when we chop, stop chasing approval outside of our authentic being, then we're introduced to a new way of being, a new way of thinking, a new way of seeing. So Shay, my question to you is, as a collective society, uh, how could we start to use the resources that we have uh, like marketing and, and and like maybe ayahuasca to start to build a new earth, a new world where narcissism and narcissists are not necessarily you know condemned and hated, but rather let's let's instead of focusing on what we can't you know what we don't like, let's let's focus on a world where we can actually build. Let's focus on the positive. So, what are your thoughts on how we can start to build a new world where everybody wins, uh, and even people who are narcissistic or even narcissists be like, hey, listen. It's not working. Let's try healing. Wow. I love that question. Yes. Um, work on yourself. I mean, that's really the, the key is to work on yourself. You know, that's what narcissism is in a sense. It's like a complete inability to face yourself. So you need to control other people. You need to constantly have everything reflected back to you through other people. I mean, it's not just the extreme case of the narcissist. It's actually like all of society. Like I've talked to you about that. It's like, nobody's doing the inner work. Everyone is saying, you know, um, or they'll think they're doing the inner work. Like for example, let's say I'm vegan, you know, I'm vegan and I care about saving the planet and I'm go green hundred percent. That's great. You know what you're doing for the planet. That's great. But then oftentimes these people will have it coupled with a mindset where they're like, but if you don't think exactly like me, pure rejection of you and no love. And it's like, that's not doing the inner work. You know, if you're truly working on yourself and whole in yourself, you should never feel triggered or offended by anyone outside of you. And I think that collectively, we just have a lot of people pointing at other people, you know, oh, it's Donald Trump, it's the Republicans, it's the Democrats. It's like, go inward. Like, what can you control? How can you heal yourself and get to such a, a state of inner peace and an unshakable core that you can actually... Because once you heal and you're in that place of um, pure peace with yourself and, and you don't need any external validation or anyone reflecting back to you, you are your own power, you are your own energy source, you can see the world for what it is. You can see things objectively once you're in that healed place. When you're wounded, it's very hard to, to, to discern truth. And I think that's why we have so many people in the world who like blindly believe the news, blindly believe the government. You know, it's a lot easier to be a, a sheep or to be a slave than to empower yourself and question, you know, what's really going on here. So the more you do the inner work on yourself, stop focusing on people outside of you, the more you'll start to see the world for what it is. And I think we'll just all collectively like hit a point where we're like, oh, like this is really wrong what we're doing. We need to change. And I love what you said about narcissists and the punishment system because that also has proven to not work at all. You know, we, we treat criminals like animals, throw them up in a cage where they basically come out years later just a better criminal. It doesn't rehabilitate anyone. You know, all it does is, again, put puts the power outside of you. Like it's you, punish, punish, punish. Narcissists, more than anyone, 
need love. You know, they need acceptance. They need to feel safe, like it's okay. And a lot of times what happens in our culture is when people start to admit, which is really hard for a narcissist to do and very seldom even happens, but if a narcissist or a narcissistic person begins to admit that they're manipulative and, oh my gosh, I'm starting to have self-awareness around my own uh, how I like to see others in pain or this and that. A lot of times when these people come forward and admit that they're just shamed even further. And it's like, then they go back into their cave where they're very prone to abuse again because they can't talk about their inclination to abuse. I mean, it's the same thing with pedophiles. I get a lot of pushback for this, but like, why is there no safe place for pedophiles to go? It just keeps more and more children getting abused when there's no safe space for a pedophile to go. Oh my God, I have thoughts about children. What do I do? So this whole system that we've created is essentially a rejection of ourselves. It's a rejection of us as human beings. I'm not saying that, you know, I'm a pedophile and by me rejecting pedophiles outside of me, I'm rejecting me, but it is all connected. Like we are all the collective, all of these things in humanity, these dark thoughts, these addictions, the, the, the urge to manipulate people. Like this is something that humanity will always have in a sense, like we're, we're always going to struggle with the darkness and uh, play with that duality. So when we just deny it in everyone else, we're denying it in ourselves. And I think it's really important that we wake up to realize the system that we have, the judicial system, the government, the healthcare system, it's all narcissism. It's all based on you, you, you pointing the finger at people outside of ourselves and saying, you need to change, you're wrong. Or it's based on profit, like I broke down before with the government and especially the healthcare, the sick care system. I mean, it's all based on uh, filling your own pockets, doing um, what you perceive is best for the few while the many suffer. But that scarcity mindset and that, again, is narcissism. It's a belief that you having success, you having happiness, you having power takes away from me having it because we were all, mainly all of us were deeply wounded as children. And that programming has just been beaten into us generation after generation for so long that I believe really the majority of society is operating from a very low vibration simply because they do not know how to love, care for themselves. So the more that we can teach people to turn it inward, learn to love yourself, every part of you, even those dark thoughts, even that shame, love it, out of you. Don't shame it out of you. That doesn't work. Shame right. is the lowest of all human vibrations. What we really need to do is learn to love those things, accept those things in ourselves and others. I'm not saying condone it. I'm not saying, oh, they're over there, you know, molesting children. That's fine. That's not what I'm saying. But just instead of vehemently rejecting and demonizing people who are narcissistic, finding a different angle because it's in all of us. It's all of us contributing collectively to the dysfunction that we see in society today. So to wrap up, yeah, I would say the coronavirus and everything that's happened with the economy is good for making more and more people question things, raise their consciousness, and also just consider, you know, like, what are you doing with your life? Maybe now you have more time to sit at home and reflect and be introspective. Are you really happy? Or have you just been living for your mom or your dad or um, to impress your boss, you know, some external validation because that's what you were taught as a child is love, you know, please others and then you'll get love. Love is unconditional. Love is an emotion that we need to be taught now here on earth. Now is the time. So uh, I believe a big awakening is happening and we're going to move more toward the state of love instead of shame. 
Absolutely. So well said. Thank you for all of that. And, you know, one of the things you mentioned, you mentioned how, you know, I mean, we really want human connection. We want to connect. We want to be one. We want to see that what's screwed up in you uh, is not, I'm not free from. And therefore, uh, we, we by, by accepting each other and realizing that we're all in this together, uh, we don't condone, but rather we understand, we have compassion for, and then we create a, a way that they can they can work through it. And, and really, uh, according to uh, Dr. Judy and, and this mind map therapy system, which I'm so extremely passionate about, uh, it really is predicated on the idea that human connection is the antidote to health, and uh, and while that you know there are many different types of ailments, when we are connected, we feel safe, we feel acceptable, we feel loved, we feel uh, understood, seen, all of which are so vital to being human beings, and therefore. Uh, when we don't have that, we lose a certain element of humanity. So uh, I do totally 100% agree that we're moving into a place where uh, we have acceptance and realizing that we have to look within. How are you uh, taking responsibility for your wounds? How are you maybe trying to pawn it off to your child or to your to somebody else or or destroying yourself for having these wounds? So Shay, I want to thank you so much for coming onto my show. I want to thank you first of all for being a beacon of light to those who uh, who have been so wounded and, and are struggling to be themselves and self-reflect because it is a gruesome journey. It is a lot of pitfalls, but you are a, an inspiration to the many, many people who are suffering from this issue. So thank you for being that. Yes, absolutely. It's my pleasure. Thank you, Yitz. For anyone listening who's considering reaching out for coaching from Yitz, I mean, I really, really encourage you to. I do not believe I could have gotten through that breakup without him. It was actually... Um, you and I are both fairly spiritual. I always say it was God who sent me your podcast because um, it came into my life uh, about a week before my ex told me he was leaving me for a woman that he just met. And I was like, I'm, my whole world was shattered. I was completely broken down. And I thank God for Yitz and for reaching out to him for coaching during that time because he really helped me through it. He's just really uh, the best source that I have found uh, for narcissism and, and being very progressive and really understanding it at a deep core level, how it impacts on the micro level to a lot of families, but also on the macro level with the government, the people controlling the planet. Um, just so, so, so many good things I could say about Yitz. So anyone listening, definitely reach out to him. And thank you again for having me on your show. I'm, I'm truly honored. Yeah, well, thank you, Shay. Thank you for the kind words. It's an honor to have you here. And I want to thank anybody who's listening to this show. Uh, please do reach out because you know what I find is is that one of the one of the resistances to uh, to getting help is is thinking that you won't be understood or you'll be judged. And please understand that that the the, the aim is to understand, to have compassion for, and to accept. Uh, ultimately, accept yourself, love yourself, and become the healthiest version of you because that is what the world needs. The world needs a, needs a happy, needs a healthy. Uh, needs a, a, a just a, a, a aligned and authentic version of you. So thank you one last time, Shay. It is an honor to have you here. My pleasure, Yitz. Thank you. Of course. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. Until next time, all the best.